High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome, welcome to it. This, of course, is the DR Link Show where we connect you to insights, information, and illumination. I'm Nikki Severini here on 101.9 High FM. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday. We have a beautiful Thursday afternoon. And, well, it's with tremendous, tremendous sadness that I have to announce that a true, true warrior who has been on the show many, many times. Um, she started the Forever Changed Global Awareness Campaign. Um, she would always arrive in the studio wearing butterflies. Um, she was an ardent uh, supporter of um, getting changes within corporations to support employees who had cancer, really tireless efforts in trying to change the laws, and just a, a, just a warrior in every sense of the word. And I'm talking about our beloved Eddie Lang, who lost her battle um, during the early hours of this morning. Um, she first came onto the show a couple of years ago sharing her story of getting breast cancer and then really just um, making a movie and just giving alternate suggestions to treatment and um, different journeys that people go on. Her partner, David, often sharing his insights as well, um, talking about discoveries and treatments coming out of Israel. It was always um, just wonderful having Eddie on the show. And so it is with a real heavy heart that we that we have to inform you that she's no longer with us. But I do say it is an extraordinarily beautiful day. She's being buried as we speak and uh uh, what what a day for the sun to shine, a clear sky, and who knows, we may even catch some butterflies flying past. Terribly, terribly sad. Just to also let you know that Eddie had started a backer buddy um, just to raise funds because when the cancer returned, um, it was to raise funds for her treatment. And um, the funds are still being raised because David, her partner, has to pay all the expenses for the treatment that she did have. Um, they were looking at the fundraising target was 350,000 rand. I think it's sitting at 223 if you would like to make a, a donation to this fund to help the family pay for the treatments, you can go to the website backabuddy.co.za um, and just click on um, Eddie Lang. It's uh, getting Eddie to Israel and you can make um, a contribution there. It would be so greatly appreciated by the family. So we really do have an extraordinary show for you. We have two people who are going to inspire you. The one guest we've also had on the show before, um, you know, we talk about lockdown. We talk about what it's like to be locked in our homes for the past six weeks. I think it's going into seven. I've actually lost count. And uh, what it's like to have our freedom taken away from us and how we feel and how we react. Well, our next guest who I'm going to introduce after the break, had her freedom taken away from her 22 years ago and talking about her physical freedom after an accident. She was left paralyzed from the neck down. But 
it didn't stop her from living. No way at all. She's inspired people. She's written a book and she's going to inspire you with her extraordinary story. So when you think, oh my goodness, I need freedom from lockdown, she's going to tell us how she found freedom from her imposed lockdown. So after the break, um, Tracy Todd will be joining us. So please don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link show that you're listening to on 101.9 High FM. And uh, I'd like to introduce our guest um, this afternoon, Tracy Todd, who is an inspirational speaker. And she's also an author of Brave Lotus Flower Rides the Dragon. Um, and Tracy is here to share her story. And I think especially relevant for people who are feeling like this lockdown is is closing in, like they feel like, they are held back. They can't do what they want to do. And this coming from a woman who really has been in physical lockdown for 22 years. And uh, as she said um, in her website, why walk when you can soar? Tracy, welcome. Wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you, Nikki. Wonderful to be with you all. Well, Tracy, I remember first being introduced to you many years ago when I was another show on High FM, and I remember being so moved by your story when just at the age of 28 years old with a small baby, your life turned, was literally turned upside down. Can you share with our audience today, can you go back um, those 22 years, Tracy, to that time when you were 28 and traveling in the car with your family? Yes, we were coming back from our first holiday together in the Eastern Cape, our first little family holiday, my husband and my 10-month-old baby and myself. We were driving on the road um, between Fred and Standerton. We'd been traveling about 10 hours back from Kenton-on-Sea to back to Mbombella, where I stay. And my little baby, you know, they get tired of being in the car chair. He needed a nappy change. He needed a bottle. So, um, but unfortunately, due to the high crime rate on our beautiful roads in our country, you can't just stop alongside any road for any reason. So I made a choice and I made a decision. I took off my seatbelt, climbed over into the back seat of the car. And um, as I was about to start changing his nappy, we were involved in a car accident. It was an Easter Monday, the 13th of April, 1998. And you know what our roads are like on and Easter Monday, they hectically busy. Um, so there was a lot of oncoming traffic. A car in front of us came to a sudden halt. And um, anyway, an accident happened and our car rolled and I hit my head on the roof of the car um, as it rolled. And I remember seeing my hand fall from above my head and land in, in my lap. And I just knew immediately that I'd broken my neck. I don't remember feeling any pain. Um, I didn't lose consciousness. I could hear my baby crying somewhere in the back seat of the car, but I couldn't turn my head to see where he was. But miraculously, he was fine. My husband, who was driving, he was fine. And I didn't have a mark on me either. I just um, just hit my head and broke my spinal cord between the fourth and fifth cervical vertebra, and that left me paralyzed from my neck down. Sure. Wow. Tracy, when you're lying there and you can hear your baby crying and you know that you're in an accident and you can't move, what is going through your mind? Well, at that very moment, all that was going through my mind was um, 
my baby needs help, you know, my baby needs a bottle, he needs his nappy changed. I wanted to see for myself that he was fine. And I remember my husband like climbing through the rubble of the car because the car was obviously on, on its roof, um, checking to see if I was okay. And I just said to him, I want to see my baby. I want to see Chad. His name is Chad. And um, he had to bring his, my baby and hold him up in front of me so that I could see for myself that he was fine. Um, but immediately after that, um, I started having difficulty breathing because every you won't believe how you use every muscle in your upper chest just to help you breathe. And mm-hmm. obviously being paralyzed now all of a sudden from the neck down, all I had left was um, the use of my diaphragm. And most of us don't really exercise our diaphragms unless we speak all day for a living or we're an opera singer or an actor. You know, we, we rely on, on all our muscles to to breathe and speak and do simple things like coughing and blowing our noses and sneezing. Right. So, so what, so what happened, Tracy? I mean, you, 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 they obviously rushed you to the hospital. Did you have to go on a ventilator? Yes, they, um, they took me to a, a government hospital in the small town of Standerton. Um, first, that's where the ambulance took me. The doctors there, they didn't even have oxygen in the emergency room. Um, so the ambulance paramedics gave me some oxygen. And then the doctor there just said, look, we don't have the, facilities to cope with this severe kind of injury and then they airlifted me from there to Pretoria to the Eugene Marais Hospital and um, when I woke up I woke up in ICU attached to a ventilator and I've always had a tremendous fear of being kept alive artificially by a machine and Mm -hmm. I remember my husband standing next to the side of my bed and the tears rolling down his cheeks um, when he told me that I was going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life and um, that I mustn't fear being on the ventilator, um, he said that the doctors had assured him that because I was young and fit and healthy at the time, there was a good chance that they would be able to wean me off the ventilator eventually, which they eventually did after six weeks and moved me down into the spinal unit for rehabilitation. And that was a the start of a long, hard road to recovery and rebuilding a completely different life in a completely immobile body. Mm. You know, listening to you, Tracy, you talk about a completely different life, and we're living in a time where people are really considering a different life. You've had to consider it in your circumstance and many people in the individual uh, uh, worlds. But here on a global scale, we're looking at um, re-navigating a new world and people are finding it so overwhelming. Some people are okay with it and others are really very anxious and in fear when they think about this uncertain future. So we take a picture where collectively we're all facing it and now we look at you at the age of 28 where your life has been turned upside down. How does one build the resilience? Where does one get one's strength from? How were you able to, with a small baby, with your life changed so dramatically, not being able to walk, move, how, where did you find the strength from? And and what was that first step? Was there a moment where you saw the light? Perhaps you can share that with us. I think initially 
you have this tremendous fear and fear is extremely or can be extremely paralyzing like many people are realizing at the moment with this pandemic. Um, you just feel totally overwhelmed. But I think for me, um, when you're in the hospital and in ICU and in the spinal unit, basically all your decisions and choices get taken away from you. The doctors and the nurses are making those choices and decisions for you. And I think that's probably very much like us in our lockdown at the moment. The choices are being taken away. We've been told what to do and we've been told to stay home and so in a sense, that almost makes it a little bit easier to cope with at first. But after a while, you start feeling frustrated and you want to make decisions for yourself. And I remember that happening in the hospital. I remember every morning and every evening, they'd put like a little plastic cup next to my bed with filled with a whole lot of medication. And then the nurse had to help me take a sip of water to to actually drink those that medication. And the one day I said to her, no. What is this medication? I want to know what it's all for. Um, and I want you to take back that right to make that choice of what was going to go in and out of my body. And I think mm. we're so used to, as South Africans, being used to freedom of choice, really. When that choice suddenly gets taken away or when other people are making those choices for you on behalf of you, it becomes very difficult. And I think for me it was a... It was the turning point where I realized that, yes, I'm paralyzed, but I want to be able to choose what I, um, how I carry on from here on out. And for me, my major, my major thing was just to get home, to be at home with my baby. Um, I just wanted to carry yeah. on being his mum. Tracy, we're going to take a break. I think it's such an important point that you just make, and I, I, I may. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thank you so much for staying with us. The DL Link Show, where we connect you to insights, information, and illumination on 101.9 High FM. My guest this afternoon is Tracy Todd, who is an inspirational speaker and author of Lotus Flower Rides the Dragon. Um, Tracy Todd is sharing her story of how 22 years ago, not, you know, it was Easter Monday, 13th of April, 1998, when her life changed irreversibly, really, after an accident. Uh, breaking her neck and becoming a quadriplegic. Um, and Tracy, just before the break, you were talking about taking your control back, how everything was out of control and how important it became to you to take your control back. And, um, and I, and, and that is a very important message for people who feel like they are completely out of control and how in some way we can find a way and certainly controlling the way we think about a situation, the choices that we're making. So let's go to you with that, uh, with the, um, uh, sorry, you were, you were, you were in hospital. All you wanted to do was to go back home and to be with your baby, which I'm sure was an incredible motivator to get off the ventilator. Um, what what was it like going back home and trying to be a mother, to, you know, trying to find a way of being a, a wife within, again, with, within this new landscape? What was that like for you? In hospital and, and, and having that desire to get home as quickly as possible to be there for my, for my baby um, was a huge motivator. And I, I think that, that my maternal instinct was definitely my strongest um, – um, sort of aspect of, of dealing with everything. 
um, it was very powerful, that mat- maternal instinct. But, um, you know, I, I left home with my baby on my hip, dragging a suitcase full of beach clothes. And then two months later, I was pushed through my front door in a wheelchair, unable to move anything except my head. So that is when reality really, really struck. I sat in my home and I looked around and I, I just couldn't do anything that I used to be able to do. And it became extremely um, difficult and depressing. And um, although I wanted to be in control, um, suddenly when you are left with this body um, that doesn't um, react when you want it to, you know, when your baby cries, you can't actually – instinct tells you to pick up your baby. And I couldn't do yeah. that. And then you watch your baby being passed from – granny to granny and husband and friend, everybody trying to console your baby. And you know deep down in your heart that your baby, all he wants is his mum. So it was mm. so, such a difficult time and so overwhelming and so many things to navigate. Um, so basically, I, I felt that, yeah, I took control of the little things that I could. So, for example, when I would eat, um, when I was going to have something to drink, I needed to tell people when I wanted something and how I wanted it. And also then to ask um, people when or tell people when to change my baby's nappy, when to put him down for his nap. So those initial days were just basically taken up by just being a mom and taking control of the decisions that were important to to him and to his well-being. And to mm-hmm. me, to keep fighting so that I could be there for him. Um, a lot of it, I think, was also denial. I didn't believe that I was going to stay paralyzed. I believed at some point that I was just going to be able to get up and walk again. Uh, we all hope and pray and wish for a miracle. It doesn't always happen the way we want it to. Um, so I think initially it was just taking one day at a time. One day yeah. at a time was all I could cope with. And uh, so much has transpired in your life, Tracy. Of course, your son has grown up. I know that you got divorced, but I believe you've remarried. Yes, I remarried. Um, we just celebrated our four-year wedding anniversary um, yeah, um, last weekend, which has been amazing. And so, yeah, through time, and it's been, it was a long journey, but I managed to find gratitude and I managed to find love and those two things, if you've got that in your life, you have can be tremendously fulfilled. But I have to tell you that um, although it's been 22 years, um, every day I suffer with the most horrendous mind wars. Um, I think your spirit doesn't stop being um, who you were at heart and who you are at heart. And, and we all strive for that independence right from little, you know, um, you taught to crawl and then your little ones start toddling walking and then we taught to run and then we want to drive and we want to do everything to make us independent. That's how the human psyche is. Mm. And um, being so dependent on others for so many things um, that other people take for granted every day has been a huge mindset shift for me. And some days even now I don't cope well with it and So every day is a mind war. Um, Every day is a struggle to be positive and to make a conscious decision to 
do something worthwhile and be positive. And some days I don't make it into the shower without crying, you know. Mm. Um, so it's not a, it's not this thing that all of a sudden, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in lockdown and physically from the neck down and you can cope with it. It's a journey. Yeah. Every day is a yeah. journey. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I think that you are so brave, Tracy, too, and so courageous to come onto the show and share it because there are many people who are listening right now. Um, and I think it's a very powerful message, um, that every day is the struggle. How, how do you manage that every day? I mean, you talk about love, you talk about gratitude, but when you have those mind games, the, the mind war going on inside your head, as you described it, it, how do you cope with that? Look, I think, um, everybody has a bad day, whether you're paralyzed or able-bodied, everybody has a bad day. And we're probably having more bad days at the moment because of our fears and anxieties, our frustrations, um, the uncertainty of the future of what's going to happen. Many people are struggling because they, they stand to lose everything. Some have already lost everything. You're wondering how you're going to put food on the table for your families. There's so many factors that are involved in, in this whole lockdown and this pandemic. But, um, yeah, I think, um, you, I allow myself to have the, the bad moments. I allow myself to have the tears. I allow myself to, um, stay in bed a bit longer if I'm having a bad day. Um, cause you've got to allow yourself. It's almost like a, a sense of grief where I was grieving the loss of my body, the use of my body and loss of life as the way, the way I knew it. Um, you grieve, you go through all those stages and I see that on my timeline even now with, on social media, people have gone through the fear and gone through the depression and some people are angry and everybody's at different stages all the time. So I allow myself to, to go through the bad days, but then you've got to claw your way up because you eventually realize that being miserable all the time is actually more harmful to yourself than to anyone else. Mm. Um, you feel terrible when you when you're down in the dumps all the time. So you try and find things, and I look for things like humour. Uh, South Africans got have got wonderful humour, so social media yeah. helps with that. YouTube helps with that. Um, there are lots of stand-up comedian shows that you can watch for free on YouTube. So humour is great. Music, I get lost in my music. I pump up the volume and. Even though I can't get up and dance, I sing. <laughs> My best <laughs> friends and the people that live with me will tell you that I sing terribly and I won't be entering any competition. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, reading, um, escaping in a good book, audiobooks, escaping in a good story, a movie. Um, just, you know, and then also just realizing that um, there's so many people out there that are so much worse off. And that's where you start to find little bits of gratitude every day. And you just think think about your blessings and what you can be grateful for every day. You start making a conscious decision of what can I be thankful for just today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just not worrying too much about um, too far in, in the future because it is so much beyond our control at the moment. And actually always is, even though we like to think that we are in control. I think this pandemic has taught all of us that none of us are in control. Yeah, yeah. The illusion of control 
has kind of been shattered, hasn't it? Absolutely. And I think what I've also learned is that um, human beings have the most amazing um, spirit to fight for survival, but we also have their most incredible ability to adapt to change. Now, we don't like change. We like routine. Our bodies like routine, actually. They work at their optimum level under strict routine, believe it or not. Um, but we don't, we don't, um, always like to stay in a, a strict routine, but we like routine and we like, um, to stay, um, things must always stay the same. But we've got yeah. the most amazing ability to adapt to change. Um, humans out of, I think all of the species on the planet can adapt to change. And, um, and I think that's what keeps us growing. Um, I've proved that I, you can adapt to a completely different way of life if you're forced to. It's mm. not easy. It's not fair, but nobody promises fair. Um, yeah. But you just, um, yeah, you just keep going because there are people around you and people in your life that depend on you. And for me, it was my son at the time. Now it's my parents, my husband, my dogs are dependent on me to feed them and and be there for them as much as what they care for me, um, mm-hmm. my care assistants. Um, so yes, you, we become very interdependent. I think no um, person can live in a vacuum. Um, although we strive for independence, we're actually very much interdependent on each other. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully put, Tracy. Thank you so much. You've you've shone a light on on so much and given us so much to to really think about and chew on and and put into perspective very, very quickly. We're going to have to say goodbye, but I do very quickly for our audience who are interested in reading your book, Brave Lotus Flower Rides the Dragon. I mean, what an extraordinary title. Um, Quickly before we say goodbye, how can people get their hands? And I know we can't buy books at the moment. Can we download e-books? Yes, it's definitely available as an, as an ebook. You can just Google it. Um, and if not, they can contact me directly on um, my website, tracytodd.co.za, or on social media, and we'll make a plan to get them a copy. Fantastic. And is this the, do you explain the, the journey and how you've got this far? Is that what the book is about? Yes, the book is my, my story and, um, yeah, how I've managed to cope with, with everything and everything that's happened over the last 22 years. Wonderful, Tracy. Well, I have to thank you so much for once again coming onto the show. It's always a pleasure having you on the show to hear your voice, um, to hear your story. Um, so many people connecting on so many levels and highlighting points and in being really incredibly inspirational. So thank you. Go well. Happy anniversary. And um, we hope to chat to you again soon. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Go well. So that was um, Tracy Todd. So if you are interested in reading the book, and you know this is the kind of book you should be reading now, um, looking at your life, looking at a mindset, looking at, um, you know, circumstances that can't be changed and how deep you, ha- deep you have to go within um, to find the strength to deal with different circumstances. So the book Brave Lotus Flower Rides the Dragon. Go to Tracy's website, uh, website and Todd is a, a double D. So it's Tracy Todd, T. 
T-O-D-D. We're going to take a quick break. And then after the break, um, we Tracy spoke about mindset. Well, we're going to be talking to someone who's really going to be helping, looking at a healthy mindset in unhealthy times, how we can really look at shifting that mindset. Um, Andy Scientifics will be joining us. So a quick break, and we'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. I'm Nikki Severini. Wonderful having Tracy Todd on the show. And so we're moving in the same direction. Tracy talking about every day being a struggle, that she has these mind wars going on, um, that we want to be independent. And you can relate in the level of being in lockdown and wanting to be able to go out and get on with your life. And Tracy really being in physical lockdown and that brings up a whole different mental challenge, a whole different psychological challenge. But we are all facing challenges nevertheless. Many different types of challenges we're trying to make our way through these different times. What COVID nineteen has brought to not just our lives but to the world at large. So we have someone on the line who's going to talk about a healthy mindset during these, well, unhealthy times or are there healthy times? I suppose it's all perspective. Andy Seitovitz is a certified life coach. Um, she's a personal development strategist, a mentor and transformational leader as well as an author. Um, Andy, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be with you. So I'm not sure, Andy, if you heard our interview with Tracy beforehand, um, but you, you, you know, as you heard in my introduction, she spoke about these mind wars, um, mm-hmm. that, that inner talk, that inner dialogue, the difficulty of dealing with that inner dialogue. You being a, a life coach, what do, what do you say to people who are really struggling with that inner dialogue right now? Well, the first thing that I say to myself <laughs> and then okay. certainly to my clients is that it's completely normal. And I think before we even try and recruit some practical and effective strategies to help us move forward, it is so important to just be with the difficult emotions we're all experiencing and normalize it validate it. It's completely okay to feel scared, afraid, frustrated, angry, um, grieving, lonely, whatever the complex mix of emotions are that we are all experiencing in our own personal subjective ways. We first have to just be with them and sit with them and not resist them or try push them away. But we need to validate and normalize them before we do anything else. And once we do that, then there are a wealth of strategies and tools that we can apply. And I guess the the easiest one to start with, because it's so accessible to us, is to remind ourselves that this is our first time. And what I mean by that is first time for anything is hard, it is uncomfortable, and it is filled with this mind war you were referring to, this complex inner dialogue that is negative. Mm. And none of us have lived through a global pandemic before. None of us have lived through, we're in our eighth week of lockdown um, in Israel, although we're starting to open up slowly as of this week. 
Um, and so we've never been here before. And I think that perspective is so important. We're not meant to nail this. We're not meant to, you know, flow through this experience um, so positive and just everything being so simple and easy. And I think that reminder is so powerful. Just to put that into perspective, we've never done this before. And so we don't really have clear measurements of how to check how well we're doing. And so we need to drop all those expectations and give ourselves a new reality check, new measurements for what a good day is, new measurements for what a productive day is, new measurements for what a sane day feels like. We've just got to do that switch. So I think um, the first thing to do with a mind war is just normalize it and be with the difficult emotions and then give ourselves that perspective that we've never done this before. So we certainly just doing the best we can and then to change those expectations and give ourselves new measurements for tracking, you know, our values and what's important to us and how well we're moving through the day. Mm. And and I love that, um, Andy. He's so practical, and I love the idea that this is a first. We haven't been here before, and we're trying the very best we can. So, so the unknown obviously is what people are finding so very scary because we don't know what the outcome is going to be and the changes. You talk about being in lockdown, well, eight weeks in Israel, so you're a little bit ahead of us. Um, you and know, things are slowly starting to normalize. Yeah, um, grades one to three um, were allowed back at school this week, but in very small groups with a whole, um, you know, new set of laws and physical distancing laws in place. And slowly businesses and shops are opening up again. Um, but you're right, the unknown is very, very scary. And... Um, and I think that's why we have to create moments of what we do know for ourselves to create that structure and that grounding for ourselves with what we do know and what we can control. So, so what are you talking about? Are you talking about in your space? Perhaps you can expand on that, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely just starting with self in terms of um, – you know, in, in my life, I can't control what is going on in the world, but I can certainly control um, how much exposure I'm going to let myself and my kids have to the news. I'm going to try and minimize how much of the negative, um, we call it the negademic, of how much um, <laughs> impact and influence um, the scary news is having on us. And it's so easy to just get pulled and sucked into that. You can watch the news all day long and track the statistics but um, I don't know how helpful that is, and I'm certainly not um, qualified medically to make sense of all the information and the and the amount of information that is bombarding us. So I try minimize the news and check in once a day, um, and that I can control. Um, I can control if I've done a workout and I've done my exercise for the day. I can control what I'm choosing to cook at home and to provide my family with healthy, nutritious meals. I can choose what I'm reading. I can choose a fun activity or, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with each kid. We're all at home, so I've got three children and um I can choose, you know, together we can control that. Are we going to bake? Are we going to paint? Are we going to create something? Um, so I can certainly within my 
my bubble and within my small world create a safe structure and framework that feels grounded so that even though there is so much out of my control, um, what I'm choosing to put into my body, my exercise, um, you know, managing my time so that I can do my breathing or my meditation or my journaling um, slot in my coaching clients so that I can continue to be of service and contribute that I can control. And so, um, we can create these little pockets of control and moments, even within the unknown, that do feel known and familiar and safe. Um, so, Andy, okay, so lots of control in those areas. You've brought up the fact that you have three children. So a lot of people who are listening right now, all of a sudden there's homeschooling. And if it's not homeschooling, it's having children at home and and them watching how parents are finding their way through this time. I really want to focus on how one parents during this time. So not necessarily on the homeschooling, but what are the messages? You you said minimizing news time. But our children watch us very carefully, very, very closely. They're mirroring what we're saying, how we're reacting. How do we um, have the honest conversations with them? Um, how do we um, not bring fear into their world and and help them build resilience over this time? Well, I think you've pinpointed two very powerful points, and I'm going to zoom in on the words, um, your words, honest and parent. So the first thing is that certainly we are the parent, and that means that we need to manage ourselves and our emotions and our stress in a healthy way so that we can be that role model and that rock for our children. Um, and that also means that we are not their teachers in terms of trying to juggle our own professional careers from home and remote working, as well as the stress of just the, you know, the trauma that's going on all around us, and then trying to juggle online learning, which none of us have been trained in. And, and <laughs> So I think it's important to remember that it's not homeschooling. We are just, yeah. it's online learning, and we are still the parent, and we do not have to master that. And with the same kind of reality check and perspective we spoke about, you know, this being our first time living through a global pandemic, uh, most of us have never homeschooled our children before, and we're not meant to nail it. We're not meant to know what to do. And the struggle is real, and it's okay not to get it perfect. But I think that us being the parent is far more important right now to be the the source of love and compassion and understanding and presence of calm for our children um, rather than the mania around um, homeschooling and juggling 400 Zoom lessons and is the link working and, you know, the amount of work that we feel we've taken upon ourselves as moms um, and the dads as well. You know, all the parents out there who have really taken on this incredible load at the moment Emotionally, physically, you know, our bandwidth is limited and we've taken on a fortune. So the first thing I just want to zoom in is on that word parent. And that is our primary role right now. And as long as we can manage ourselves and our stress, um, we can really be that role model for our children and continue to give them stability and compassion and, and love and safety. Um, and the second word is honesty. Um, I think it's important. 
Yes. Sorry, so, so I, I, I love what you're saying, Andy. We've got to take a break. Please, let's pick up with the second one, honesty after the break. Will you? Don't go anywhere. Just pressing pause. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back, 101.9 Hi FM. This is the DL Link Show. I have Andy Seitovitz, um on the line from Israel. She's a certified life coach at the Adler Institute. She's a personal development strategist, mentor, and transformation leader, as well as author, and really giving us so many valuable nuggets. Andy, really, you are, um, and I'm sure that people are listening very closely. And incidentally, if you do want to listen to the interview again, or if you've missed part of it, um, we do podcast all the interviews. So that should be the FM website from tomorrow. Um, you can catch the interview again. So Andy, just before the break, I interrupted you. We were talking about parenting. We were talking about having honest conversations with our children. We were just moving to the word honest. Go ahead. So, um, yes. So with the word honest, um, I also think that just from a very practical point of view, it's important to talk about safety and precaution with our children and to have that honest conversation about wearing a mask or washing our hands or the physical um, two-meter distancing and what that means and what that enables. So it's important to have that honest conversation, but not in a way that we are going to terrify our children. And in the same way that there are so many statistics of how many people are ill and how many people are on ventilators and the different stages, um, I think it's also important to share with our children the good news that nature has had a chance to rejuvenate and families have spent more time together than ever before. And parents are learning so many fascinating things about their kids that they never had access to before. And um, pollution in the world has gone down. And, um, you know, there are so many, even, even the recovery statistics, rather than how many people are ill, there is, um, there, there, there's a flip side to every challenge and every difficulty. And I think we, we as parents get to choose what to shine the spotlight on. We don't only have to shine the spotlight on the scary and the unknown, um, but we do have to be honest about it and realistic about it and educate our children and demonstrate safety and model that for them and teach that to them and have the conversation, have the courageous conversation, in fact. But at the same time, we really also get to be honest about the good and honest about the positive aspects. And um, and to really, you know, it's so easy in these times to be so stressed and so frustrated and every little thing can trigger us. But it's also important to just, you know, parent on the same page and catch our kids in the compliments so that we're not just focusing on everything they're doing wrong or everything that's aggravating us. And um, and just really reap a lot of the benefits that a terrible crisis that none of us asked for has actually also uh, brought um, ma- many very beautiful gifts along with it. Mm. Too true. I, I, you know, the, the, as you say, the honest conversation so that they know what is happening. I would hate for children to walk away, um, after this pandemic and be in fear of body and be in fear of germs and be in fear of making contact. And I think that it's going to be a real challenge for parents, for teachers, for, for everybody really to, 
to make that shift to the, the crossover from being in lockdown, like what you're going mm-hmm. through now in Israel, where children are integrating and going back to school and they still have to be so careful. We, we want to mm-hmm. normalize thinking. Do you know, you don't, we don't want to have a, a generation of children who are terrified of human touch and terrified of germs or bugs in the air. It, it has to so be put into perspective that they always have been and they always will be and we have a strong immune system that can fight it and there is, you know, uh, COVID-19. It's such a delicate balance, Andy, because we, we don't want to have neurotic children, do we? I think it's, that is the word. It is a delicate balance and I think that we, as well as our children, are far more resilient than we realize. For sure. And and there is so much that I think us as parents and certainly our children and our, our nuclear families are learning from this experience. And certainly in Israel, as the country slowly starts to open up, there's a different set of um, of emotions that come with that in terms of am I comfortable with things opening up just yet? Are we ready to open up? Um, what do I want to take from this experience moving forward? What do I want to do differently in my life? You know, we've had so much time to think and, and reframe and, and work around, you know, so many insights from this. And mm. I think it's also been a really um, interesting invitation for all of us to just spend some time with ourselves and introspect and decide what do I really want to do different in my life moving forward? Hmm. What a challenge. What a, what, what extraordinary questions to be asking oneself. Um, and we have the luxury of time to answer those questions unless we just want to get lost in distraction. But, but, but such pertinent and important questions that you're asking, Andy. Andy, before we say goodbye to you, because it's really been such a pleasure having you, um, on the show today. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, any idea, any thought, um, before we say goodbye? Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. It's really been a pleasure speaking with you too. And um, I think that the most important thing that I want to leave everybody with is the incredible power of gratitude. I really believe um, not just because, um, you know, I've studied the mind and I understand how gratitude literally rewires our thinking and really change, changes the the way our brain is wired, but gratitude is a powerful, powerful force. And I know that in the chaos of what's going on inside of us and outside of us, gratitude is something that we all have access to. It is fully accessible to every single one of us. And if we can just take a few moments at the end of every single day to really reflect on how fortunate we are and how lucky we are and how blessed we are, despite the the really complex and challenging situation we are all finding ourselves in. There is so much to hold on to. There is so much to learn. There is so much to grab from this experience. And I think that gratitude is something that can really, really tip how we're feeling as parents and what that is going to do to our energy to our motivation, and to our role modeling for our children. So I think that that is something to really connect to. It's fully accessible to us, and we really do get to count our blessings and focus on all the tiny miracles and the wonderful things that we 
do have in our lives because gratitude really shifts our mindset and can really make the greatest difference to a very, very hard day. Oh, fantastic, Andy. Thank you so much. We have to say goodbye to you. I believe you've got a Zoom um, session happening tonight very quickly. Yes, um, I'm doing a webinar on mindset, um, three powerful mindset tools for um, for the DL Link Warriors. Um, I think it's open to whoever would love to um, attend. Um, and yes, so I'm going to be sharing three practical, inspiring, powerful tools for changing your mindset. And you can leverage these tools for any of your goals, personal, professional, COVID-19 or not. Oh, Andy, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to direct people to the DL Link website to get more information and obviously to get the link if they want to sign up. It's been a joy having you on the show. Thank you so much, Andy Seitovitz. You're so welcome. Be well. Be safe. Take care. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. And thank you so much for tuning in. So go to the the, the DL Link website um, to get those details um, to join Andy tonight, those three powerful mindset tools. From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, do take care. Bye-bye.